0: fascinating custom. That's about another custom. Um, there's a custom to eat. I like this custom. Anything with food is always good by me. Um, so there's a custom to eat something called kreplach. Um, I think the English word is dumpling. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. It's basically you take a piece of meat and you, 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 you surround it with dough, like a pocket, and you cook it. People put it in their chicken soup. Um, Some people have stuffed cabbage. Again, it's the meat that's surrounded by, well, in our case, cabbage. And people will eat that the, the day leading into Yom Kippur. And again, the reason is because we know we're going to be judged. And the judgment is hidden. Like the meat is hidden in this dough wrapping, in this pocket. We don't say any blessings over it. It's just something we eat. So everybody says, oh, why are we eating it? Oh, because the judgment is hidden. So again, we're we're reminding ourselves what exactly is happening today. What is happening today that I need to be reminded uh, and, and that the judgment is coming? Now, it is fascinating if you think about it, right? We are preparing for the judgment, most people. And you would think maybe this is the way we should be. If you had a major court case coming up and in a couple hours you were going in front of the judge and it was life and death, you are not sitting down with your family to a, uh, a four-course meal. You are not sitting down to a holiday-type meal. You are, you are frightened out of your mind. You, you can't eat. How could you eat? So that in itself is a little bit of a question. If we really believe we're being judged, how exactly are we eating? So this goes to... You know, there's so many contradictions that go through the Jewish calendar, the the lows and the highs and the ups and downs, but really, really, there's a harmony to all of it. You just have to understand what the pieces mean. And here, we know we're being judged. And on Yom Kippur, we take Yom Kippur extremely seriously. It's not a day of joking, it's a day in prayer. It's a day where I'm connected to God, and, and God, and God is listening to me, and I'm I'm asking God to forgive me, and I'm recognizing I need to become a better person. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful emotional day, which reminds me. So I lead the prayers. So there's a certain place in the prayer, not exactly the same, but I do cry during the prayers. And if I'm leading and I start to cry, you can hear my voice change. It's uh, very normal. So my daughter says, she says to me, because she was there, she says, were you sad I said, that's, not a, that's not a sad crying. I'm not crying on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur because I am sad. Um, I am emotional. I am emotional because God is letting me talk to him. God is letting me put my request in front of him. That is an emotional high. And as we get older, it becomes easier to cry because those emotions well up. We recognize what we need to ask for. When that emotion of asking for our lives is powerful, but not sad. I'm not going to call it a, a happy crying like when you see your child graduate or you see your child get married. It's a different crying. It's a, it's, a, it's a recognizing that I'm standing here before God, and God is listening to me, and there's a lot of things I need. And the only one who can take care of me is God. That is powerful emotion. So we cry, but not sad. In any case, um, let me, so back up. So where was I? I was talking about the Oh, so the, the judgment is hidden. So, But here's the deal. As much as we're emotional, as much as we recognize how important the day is, and the guys letting us talk to him, and we're pouring out our hearts for all the things we need, and we really feel terrible for the things we've done wrong. But the day before Yom Kippur, when we know this is going to happen, we also know... The judge is our friend. The judge is our friend. If the judge is our friend, yeah, we got to be serious and we got to mean it. <laughs> but I get the judge is in my corner. The judge loves me. Uh, my son asked me for a story recently. He wanted all the details. I don't remember all the details, but great story. There was a guy who, uh, whatever happened, he uh, was accused of murder and he calls up a big law firm. And the law firm he says, I must have your best lawyer, and no problem. He meets with a lawyer, and uh okay, they have the date when the when the court case will happen. And the guy gets to court and he gets a phone call from this big shot lawyer, and he says, uh the guy you know, um, something came up. I, I had to leave town. I won't be able to take care of your case. So the guy says, Hello in an hour from now uh, they're, they're gonna start the court case. This is my life. What? 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 What are we gonna do? Don't worry, I have one of my uh, uh, junior lawyers, a new guy. Um, uh, he's never tried a case like yours, but he, he should be fine. So, my my life is on the line, and and you send me a, a, a little guy like what's going? Look, I would love to help you, but I, I'm out of town. There's nothing I can do. Hope for the best. Anyways, waiting. The lawyer walks in. He sees a young guy and he says, uh, "You know, it's uh, very beautiful. But do uh, you have any experience in uh, in uh, in law? Well, you know, uh, a little bit. Did some, you know, uh, bankruptcies and uh, and you know, and I did some uh, some uh, estate planning. And uh, you know, I've been around. Yeah, but you ever did like a major court case? Nah, like yours, never. My life. And you're, but 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 I'm up for murder. Yeah, don't worry about it." Don't worry, how could you be so calm? Don't worry, it'll all be fine. And there, the other side makes their whole presentation, and this guy gets up, this new lawyer, and says, Your Honor, in my humble opinion, um, they don't have a case, um, they don't really have evidence, and I think you should throw out the whole case. And the judge takes his gavel and says, I agree. He bangs the gavel and says, case dismissed. What happened? So the guy says, I don't understand. How did you know you could get away with that? You have no experience. So the young lawyer says, the judge is my father. Judge is my father. Get away with whatever I want. Right? So we, when we eat festive meals before Yom Kippur, is because we are also saying, yes, the court is serious. And yes, judgment is serious. But who's the judge? The judge is our father. Our father loves us. Again, you gotta you gotta do what's right. You gotta pray. You gotta ask forgiveness. You gotta be willing to change. But at the end of the day, the judge is my father, and the judge is my father. The judge loves me, and he sees that I I I really mean to to become better. I got nothing to worry about, and that's why we have the ability to sit down for a like a like a holiday meal um, before before the fast begins. It's amazing. Okay, Um, one more. Um, This is really a custom for the whole day. It is interesting to think about. Um, We wear what's called a kittel. A kittel is a long white shirt. So it's it is a shirt. It buttons. Has a belt around it. it Has long billowy sleeves, um, and it goes down, uh, maybe a little bit above your ankles. That's the standard. And the custom is that men wear it on Yom Kippur, because we want to be all white. And white is symbolic of angels because it's a holy day. And on this holy day, we are like angels. So we want to dress like angels. We're not going to eat. We are, we are going to talk to God all day long. We are acting like angels. And even though you may feel that it looks like dress up, but there's what to be said for dress up. If I dress the part and I act the part, I will believe the part. Of course, not, I know I'm not really an angel. But I want to be like an angel. I want to act like an angel. So much so when we say the Shema, a very interesting custom. So Shema Israel, HaShem Keno, HaShem Elechad, that's standard prayer. But the next line, the whole year, Baruch Hashem K'vod Malchusa L'Elem, that line we say in a whisper. Because that's really a prayer for angels. Except the night of Yom Kippur and the next morning. Those two times are the only time in the Jewish calendar we actually say it out loud. Because we're like angels. And if I'm like an angel, I pray like an angel. What's fascinating is that uh, the night after Yom Kippur, in the evening prayer when Yom Kippur is over and getting ready to go home and eat, I have to say that line quiet. Why am I saying that line quiet? I've been an angel all day. So the answer is, you're right, the whole day you were like an angel because you weren't planning on eating. But now, what's on your mind? I want to go break my fast. You want to go eat, you're no longer like an angel. Okay, I did want to end with a very beautiful story um, going back to blessings. So this story took place in a in a city it was like a little city during World War II um where the Belzareba was hiding in this in this uh well, here's according to the story they were in the Bachnia ghetto. And people came to the Rebbe for blessings. They came from all over, and they wanted blessings. And a certain lady came with her two children. Her name was Bronya Kaczynski. And she came with her two children. She asked the the Rebbe for a blessing. And the Rebbe said, Yeah, you should you should be blessed. And she said, Not good enough. I, I need you to bless my children. They'll have generations and generations of of great people come from them. And everybody said, What are you crazy? The Nazis are grabbing children off the street. There's actions all the time. We don't know if we're living today, tomorrow. What blessing. And she pressured and pressured. And finally, the Rebbe said, fine, bring the kids over. And he blessed them. They should have generations of, of of outstanding, righteous children. And she was satisfied. And she survived the war with her children. The Bells Rebbe also survived the war. kinds okay, of miracles, there's books about how he survived and people helped him, and and even the head of the ghetto would come to him for blessings, recognizing that he was a very important, um, powerful, special person. But she, this lady, when she would be surrounded by her grandchildren and great-grandchildren years, years, years later, she says, you know, there's a lot of things in this life we have to take care of, a lot of things we have to do, a lot of things uh, to prepare for, but uh, blessings are the same. If you prepare to go get the blessing, if you go after the blessing and get the blessing, you'll you will uh, you'll get the blessing you need. And that blessing is she clearly not only blamed the blessing, she understood because of the blessing, she survived. And her two children survived, which is something that unfortunately most people um, were not able to do. So, you know, here we are. We are my last show before Yom Kippur when we come back. We'll be ready for getting ready for the Sakot holiday. All kinds of good things happening then. But uh, right now, I just want to wish all my friends and listeners a happy and healthy new year. We shall be written and sealed in the book of life. There's the music. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank the for sponsors and listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank the you wonderful production team. We have David and Kelsey behind the glass. All right, well, let's some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi H.P. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next time, don't forget to think about it.